Alright, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. It's Wednesday, February 17th. Happy birthday to Michael Jordan. I uh, know I got some Michael Jordan fans here. Um, we're talking baseball. That means I got Shane Stein with me. It's good to be here, Matt. And also, special guest tonight joining us. Uh, Shane, you and I talk a lot about our big 16-team league. So it's only fitting that the first member is our reigning champion, Kyle Stramara. Hey, great to be here. Appreciate you guys letting me join in. Yeah, no problem. Um, it's always good to maybe hear what one of the fellow owners in our league is thinking, and maybe we can get a leg up on him because we know that we need every advantage we can get um, when we're playing against you. So tonight we're talking third base. Um, before I started looking at the third base rankings, I thought it was one of the deeper positions in the draft this year. Um, after digging a little deeper, I'm not sure that deep um, is necessarily the word I'd use, but I do think it's one of the stronger positions and um, loaded with first-round talent. So let's get going right away with those first-rounders. Um, guys going in for late first, mid-first, and then... Even some early second-rounders right now. Josh Donaldson, Manny Machado, and Nolan Arenado. They seem to be the top, the consensus top three um, for most rankers. There's another guy that we'll get into here right after that. But Donaldson, monster season last year. AL MVP, 41 homers, 122 runs scored, 123 RBIs. Um, really had maybe the best season of any fantasy player last year. Um, Shane, interested to talk to you first about Donaldson and if you think that he can even come close to that that stat line that he had from last season. Yeah, Donaldson obviously had a huge, huge year last year. Uh, I think I think it'd be hard pressed to say that he's going to have a repeat of that season. I mean, you hit close to three hundred with those numbers, power, uh, RBI production. It's just going to be a tough feat to to match. But he's hitting in a good lineup again. He's hitting in a good ballpark again. And he's still at a still at a peak age in his career. I feel like he's he's not going to be hitting a decline anytime soon. Um, I don't know that we see the same production, but I don't I don't think it's far fetched to see to say that we're going to see a similar production out of Donaldson this year. Yeah, Kyle, your brother Frank, he's the Donaldson owner in our league. How many offers have you made Frank to try and get Donaldson? Is he? I know you're usually looking for guys that are on the rise. Donaldson maybe. He may be, I don't want to say hitting a plateau, but I don't know if he's ever going to have a better year than he had this year. So I'm just interested to see how much you like Donaldson, if he's maybe your top first, top third baseman in the ranks. Yeah, um, to answer your first question, how many offers, uh, I lost count <laughs> um, a long time ago. As you know, I like to make offers all the time. I uh, eat, sleep, and breathe fantasy baseball, particularly our league, but... Um, yeah, to no avail. I have not. I have not been able to land Donaldson. I'm hoping for a decline this year so I can get him. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I like him a lot. I mean, he's definitely my number one at this point. I mean, he's got good hair on top of the fantastic baseball. Um, I don't know if you've seen his man braid recently, um, but it looks pretty good. But uh, to get serious though, um, I see the average dropping just a little bit. Uh, I thought 295 was a little. A little high for him. Um, I mean, 123 RBIs last year, I'd, I'd imagine that would drop to some degree. Um, and 
Where's that 41 again? I, I would just assume it would drop to some way. I mean, last year he was ridiculous. And not to say he won't be very, very good again, um, but I, I just see a slight decline in, in some of those numbers. 122 runs scored. That's the stat that just gets to me. I mean, runs. everyone lo- likes to talk homers, RBIs, and steals. Everyone likes to talk batting average. Runs is really an overlooked, um, I think, stat in fantasy baseball. And being able to get 122 runs, it really just speaks volumes of the Blue Jays lineup. And I don't expect him to get 122 runs again, but um, I think he's probably one of the safer bets to score 100-plus runs this year um, in baseball. Donaldson had the second-highest slugging percentage at 568 um, of all the third basemen last year topped only by Nolan Arenado. So let's get right into Arenado next. 42 homers to lead all third basemen, 130 RBIs to lead all third basemen. Um, doesn't walk a lot. He's really, you know, he, he's a, pretty much a free swinger, but when he's making that consistent contact um, in the park like Coors, Arenado's numbers are obviously just going to um, be one of the top third basemen in the league. So, Stein, you had him third, um, as did I. Is, is he the best bet to maybe supplant Donaldson? I know you have a different guy ranked one, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but Arenado's pretty safe, right? Yeah, Arenado's a pretty safe bet to have a, to have another big season this year. Um, I'm not down on Arenado by any means. I have him ranked third in my in my rankings <clears> here, and. Really, I think any of the top four guys I feel like you could put in any order, to be honest. But just playing in Coors Field, we've talked about it before. Um, the thing that strikes me about Arenado is for the power numbers that he puts up, he doesn't strike out a whole lot, uh, which is really, really impressive. Um, usually you get a guy that's going to be hitting close to 40 home runs. You're going to see some big strikeout totals, and it's just not there for him. He makes a lot of contact, and if you can make that kind of contact in, in that ballpark, you're just, you're just destined to have a have a great season, and I don't really see this guy slowing down. He's only 24 years old, uh, so he's got got age on his side, and we're just going to see another good year from Arenado. I mean, these top guys at the top of this list are, are all just they're all ascending. I feel like uh, I can't really see any downside to any of these top four. Yeah, Arenado for me would be um, he's a potential MVP candidate in the National League. Um, Kyle, you're the Arenado owner in our league. You got him from me in a deal that you beat me in. We won't get into the details of that trade. Um, the only thing I'll say is that I got him from you first, and then I made the mistake of trading him back to you. But um, Arenado, obviously a guy that you're excited about. What do you think his ceiling is as a player? Is it the numbers he had last year, or can he be better? Um, you know, being as young as he is and hitting in that ballpark, um, I mean, could he be better? Sure. Um, the one stat that I think is really interesting for him is uh, his home away splits and home runs. He actually hit more home runs away than he did at home last year, uh, hitting 22 bombs away from Coors Field. So the power is legit, um, whether he's home or away. Uh, the average, on the other hand, was much better in Coors Field than it was away from, from home. Um and, you know, I, I love the guy. It's, it's hard not to when he's on your own team. Um, I tend to be one of the biggest homers in our league when it comes to that stuff. Um, but I, too, had him ranked third behind uh, Machado. So. All right, so I had Machado second. Um, 
he's the other consensus first rounder. I think Donaldson and Machado are the ones going in the first round in most mock drafts right now. Arenado back end of round one, depending on how many teams in the league, definitely is not there by mid second round. Um, Machado, 20 stolen bases last season. He talked about how he finally felt like his legs were healthy coming into last year and that he thought that he'd be able to run. He did that, but I think the surprising thing for him, 35 homers. Um, he slugs 502. Score Another guy scored 102 runs. The RBIs aren't so much there because he's leading off in that Baltimore um, lineup, but Manny Machado really with a bounce-back season um, coming back from some injuries very impressive. Shane, um, is this guy going to make people kind of forget about Kyle Ripken in Baltimore? Or I don't know if I can go that far. I, mean, I don't <laughs> think people are ever going to forget about Kyle Ripken. Um, but I certainly think he has the ability to put up better fantasy numbers than Kyle Ripken did. I think he's a better <clears throat> offensive player maybe than, than Kyle Ripken was. I, when I was doing my research for this, I could not believe how good of a season Machado had last year. I, I, I guess I fell asleep at the wheel. Um, I know the, the Machado owner in our league talked about how he was untouchable and he wasn't even willing to, to field off, trade offers for him. I, I just couldn't believe that he, he was a 35-20 guy last year. I, I must have just missed what Machado was doing. I guess it's part of the reason I don't follow Baltimore a whole lot. But Well, he was also on one of the worst teams in our league, and I think that, that sometimes... Helps. Yeah, I mean, that certainly probably played into it when he was on one of the teams that wasn't competing, so I wasn't really worried about him that much <clears> of last season. So, But, yeah, I mean, Machado's the youngest guy out of this group, too. I mean, he's got a, a full a full year on, uh, on Arenado. So, just like I said, these top four guys, it's kind of it's just pick the guy that you like the most. Uh, I, I want a different direction with my top guy we'll get to. Um but I, I have Machado fourth, and there's really no rhyme or reason. I mean, you could have him one, two, three, four, and I feel like you can make an argument either way. All right, so Kyle, you have Machado too. I don't think we need to go in any further on him. Let's get right to what I think we want to spend the most time talking about here. Shane, Chris Bryant, number one in your third base rankings. Um, I have him fourth. Kyle, you had him fourth too? Yes, sir. Okay. Shane, make the case for why Chris Bryant's the number one third baseman in 2016 fantasy baseball? Well, I actually have Bryant as my NL MVP this year. So, I mean, if I'm going to have him as my MVP, I have to have him as my top third baseman. So, I'm just a big Chris Bryant fan. Uh, I, I watched him play a lot last year. Actually, I followed him a lot. And this guy hits balls. I feel like the ball just jumps off his bat differently than, than some people, than just about everyone else. Um, he hits balls that I feel like are pop-ups to the shallow outfield, and they're just going over the fence. They're 10, 15 rows deep. Um, it feels like the contact that he makes is just better and different than everyone else. So I, I feel like we're going to see a 50 home run season out of Bryant this year, and if he's going to hit 50 home runs, I don't see how he's not going to be the top third baseman. So if he can keep the average anywhere near where he did last year, obviously the strikeouts were a concern. I uh, struck out a lot about 200 times last year, which is definitely concerning. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a breakout year. Um, he had a great year last year. I don't think it was quite as big as some people actually thought it was going to be. Only 26 homers, but I, I think it's going to be big this year. So. All right, so Kyle, Shane touched on the strikeouts. He hit 275, but his strikeout percentage was 30.6%. Usually those two types of things don't go hand-in-hand. Hand. 
are you concerned? Are you concerned about the strikeouts for Bryant, or you feel like the rest of his game kind of overshadows the fact that he strikes out so much? Um, you know, I mean, two hundred strikeouts that's, that's a lot. Um, he, he swings and misses a ton, obviously, and um, you know, I, I am concerned that that's going to hold him back from really exploding in those other numbers. Uh, you know, if he can get those strikeouts under wraps, you know, I, I mean, I got to agree with Shane. I think he has, I mean, everyone probably agrees that he has the power to get 50 bombs. Um, but at this point, I, I, I have a hard time believing that one off season he's figured it out to, to stop striking out so much. Uh, the kid is young and I could see that slowly decreasing, but, uh, you know, it, it's not that easy to figure out MLB pitch, pitching that way. And so uh, I, I would guess he probably strikes out close to 175, 180 this year and, you know, continues kind of in that same path. I think the hard contact he makes helps his batting average. Um, so, you know, when he is putting that ball in play or even when he is making solid contact, he does have a better chance than most players um, to get hits. So I guess that probably helps his batting average even with his strikeout percentage. Just a little worried about a sophomore slump for him. And I'm not saying that a sophomore slump, like, worthy of a demotion, that's obviously not going to happen. Um, but I'd be you, you want to see his numbers go up from last year. And I would, just like Bryce Harper, his numbers kind of, those first couple years, and never I know he had some injury concerns, but his numbers never really got better until last year when he blew up. So that's my concern with Bryant. Um, Shane, and it's not a huge concern because I have him fourth, but that that's no worry for you at all, or do you just think the upside's way worth it? No, obviously you have to be concerned. The, those strikeout numbers are, are definitely concerning for any player, especially a young player. Um, how long is it going to take for him to figure it out is the big question. I just think being in that lineup, there there's just so many good players surrounding him. Uh, I feel like he's just ready for, for that breakout year. I mean, I don't, I don't see it being to the point where he does any worse than he than he did as a, as a rookie last year, so I really think that Brian is going to be a, is going to be a star in this league for a long time, and I really don't think forty to fifty home runs is going to be a stretch for him at all. Um, one thing, looking at some of these top third basemen, their games played last year, all of them stayed remarkably healthy. I mean, out of the top third basemen that we have ranked, Adrian Beltre actually played the least amount of games at one forty three. Um, Machado played a full 162, and let's get to um, Todd Frazier next, moving over to the White Sox. He played in 157 games last year. 35 homers, um, again for Frazier, kind of tailored off in the second half of the season. Kyle, you're a Reds fan. You lose Frazier. What do you think about his production moving to Chicago? Um, You know, I think better lineup. Uh, obviously not as, as good of a ballpark. Uh, I mean, the kid hits the ball hard, uh, and he hits it far, so not overly concerned about the, the homers dropping too much. Um, I, w- I would assume RBIs, runs, jump up just a little bit, being in that better lineup. Uh, but I'd, I'd imagine homers would, would drop just a little bit based off of not hitting a great American ballpark. So I hate to see him leave. Love the guy, uh, but but happy he has a chance to, to play for a better ball team. 
Yeah, he was a he was a big community guy in Cincinnati. The team really rallied around him, especially in the All Star game last year. That home run derby um, was something to watch. Definitely, I feel like he after this after the first four, I feel like Frazier's probably the safest out of the out of the group of like Seager and Carpenter and guys like that. Um, Shane, you agree with that? That Frazier's kind of a safer second tier third baseman. I certainly think he's safe, and I obviously wouldn't mind having Frazier on my team. <clears throat> the guy I think we're going to talk about next, I feel like I would go with my safest pick, and uh, we'll have some reasoning there. But certainly I don't think you can go wrong having Frazier on your team. And getting back to the ballpark thing, I don't think it's that bad of a move for him to go to Chicago. I mean, obviously hitting in Cincinnati is a, is a nice ballpark to hit in, but I don't think hitting in Chicago is really going to lessen any of Frazier's power ability. Uh, I think the home runs are a pretty safe bet there. The one thing I want to talk about with him is what kind of average are we going to see out of Frazier this year? Because the last three years, it's kind of been a roller coaster ride with him. Um, he goes from 234, he jumps <clears throat> up to 273, and then he's back to 255 last year. What? Uh, you're, you're the Reds fan, Kyle. What? Uh, what are we going to see average-wise out of Frazier this year? Uh, I, I would say last year seems like the safest number to, to guess on. Um, I think the 274 was a bit high, 230, whatever it was, was, was a bit low. Um, so I, I would imagine it, it's pretty similar to last year's numbers. Um, but I've been wrong before. Yeah, out of those three numbers, I mean, 250 is the one that falls right in the middle. So I'd have to agree that he kind of seems like a 250 hitter. Um, it just that, that's the kind of guy I think he is. Um, you talked about a player that you think is safer than Frazier. I'm assuming you're talking Matt Carpenter. I'm actually going Kyle Seeger here. Okay. And I really haven't been a big Seeger follower until I jumped into some some research this week. And the last four seasons, the guy has over 20 home runs. He, he seems like he's he's a safe bet for about 25 <clears throat> home runs every year. And he just plays every day. Um, just as we you talked about with all these guys, were remarkably healthy all, all season long last year. Seager's played in 159 games at least the last three seasons. So he has 22 homers, 25 homers, 26 homers. Uh, still only 28 years old. I just feel like he's, he's a little bit safer bet for that steady production than Frazier. I could see Frazier having a year where he just falls back off. And I think Seager's going to be that guy that's steady right there at that 25 number, which if I can get, and I know I'm going to get it, I'm going to take it every time. So... It's, it's not by much, but I'll take Seager over Frazier slightly. All right, so Seager, I'm just looking at the fantasy pros, um, variance between the best and worst rank. He is, His best rank is six, um, which is kind of similar to where you have him, you have him fifth. His worst rank is 19. I can't imagine there's 18 better third baseman than Kyle Seager. Um, so, Kyle, I'm kind of interested to see where he falls into your top ten. Yeah, I, uh, I have him right behind Todd Frazier, personally. Um, <clears throat> I'm assuming the guy that had him, what, 19th, uh, probably found him sleeping with his wife or something like that, because that's just outrageous. Um, I can't find 18 guys better than him at third base. The guy, like Shane said, is, is very consistent. Um, <clears throat> but, I, I mean, I would take Frazier <clears throat> off the top of him, just based off of the power. I mean, you know, you're hoping for... Or trusting twenty five homers, I think that's that's easy for Todd Frazier. You know, there's no doubt he'll have twenty five homers this year. Um, and so, I mean, I, and I'm a Reds guy, so it's hard to not still love Todd Frazier. 
Yeah, Seager, you know, 26 homers. You talked about how he's had over 20 of the last three seasons. Somebody that I think is a similar comp to him is Matt Carpenter. Um, 28 homers last year for Carpenter. That is right now the outlier um, of all the things that Carpenter's done in his career. He's had three pretty good seasons um, last year, I think, being his best. Uh, as a Cardinals fan, I'm not sure he can repeat the 28 home runs, and that's probably the thing that maybe makes Seager a little safer than him. But one thing Carpenter talked about last year before the season is that he had to get more aggressive and attack more and not just kind of work for that walk that he was doing at the top of the order. And I think that you saw um, a numbers change along with that approach change for him. So Carpenter's a guy I'm excited about. I have him fifth in front of Frazier and Seager. Um, Might be a little homer in me, but I'm interested to hear what some non-biased opinions are on Matt Carpenter. Yeah, Carpenter's a guy we've both spent a lot of time trying to get from the Carpenter owner in our league. Um, He seems to have a tight grip on him. He doesn't want to let him go. Um, Just along with the other guys, I feel like he falls right into this group with with Seager and Frazier. The one thing that does concern me is that jump from eight home runs in 2014 to 28 last year, I, I want to know how real that is before I'm buying in on Carpenter. Obviously, he's a guy you want on your team. Uh, the production, as far as all the other stats, runs, puts up some good RBIs, and, and the average is going to be safe. But if I'm not going to get those home runs from him, do I really want to waste the high pick that you're going to have to take to get Carpenter on your squad? So... Um, I think I think seven is right where I have him ranked as a safe bet for where Carpenter. He's better than certainly better than I think the guys we have ranked behind him, and I'm just not sure that I can count on him for the power that Seager and Frazier are going to put up. Yeah, Carpenter has always been one of the league leaders in doubles, even before he jumped up that 28 homers. So Kyle, when you're kind of evaluating um, players and when, whether or not their power is going to develop. One thing that I think most guys look at is their doubles production, hoping that as they mature as players, those doubles then turn into home runs. Um, do you think this was more of a fluke for Carpenter, or are those doubles now turning into legitimate home run power? Yeah, that, that's a great point. Uh, definitely want to be looking at doubles when you know trying to figure out if a guy's got the power or not. And, um, I'm actually I'm a believer in Matt Carpenter. <clears throat> I think I think the homers. Uh, you know, maybe not 28, but uh, 25, sure. I, I'm a believer. I think, uh, you know, he, he's got what it takes to, to do that. And, um, he's making solid contact. And, you know, I just, I really think he's definitely that guy that's going to be hitting homers moving forward. And excited to see how he develops. I think he's the guy that's going to be on the rise here in these third base, third base rankings moving forward. So now I'm going to put my fanboy hat on for a little bit. It's been it's been fun watching Carpenter in the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, he's really been the guy that's kind of carried the Cardinals in the playoffs through these these long runs that they've had the last couple of years. Um, he he seems to be the guy that Molina and Holiday are passing the torch to as the the Cardinal leader, and you know hitting at the top of that order. The names aren't exciting in the Cardinals lineup, but I think the production you can pretty much count on guys like Piscotti and Grichuk filling in. So I think that that's definitely going to help Carpenter. Um, I'm just interested to see if the power continues because if it does, I think it makes him, it could vault him right behind those top four guys that we talked about leaving off the podcast. 
Yeah, certainly. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, we, we talk about it at length when we're, when we're not on the podcast here about the Cardinals and just what, what they do as, as an organization. And Carpenter seems to fit that mold perfectly, and he seems to be a catalyst for them. Um, I'm by no means predicting a, a bad season for Matt Carpenter. Uh, I like what he does there in St. Louis. And he just seems to be one of those guys that when he gets locked in, I mean, he, he can do some nice things. Um, he kind of reminds me of watching the – I went to the playoffs and watched the Red Sox game. The way Dustin Pedroia, Kevin Euclid used to get locked in in the postseason, certain guys just – they get dialed in, and Carpenter seems to be that guy for St. Louis when, when it comes to crunch time. I think a good comp for Carpenter is Chase Utley in his prime. I think that they have similar – um, swings, similar approaches, and similar production. So, you know, third base, if you can get what Chase Utley was doing when he was an MVP candidate year in and year out, something you're excited about. I've seen him going in the second round, late second round of some mocks, and I do kind of agree with you there that maybe that isn't worth it, but if Carpenter's there in the third and you don't have um, one of the third basemen, I think he's a guy you got to jump on. Um, all right, so moving forward. We talked on the second base podcast about old guard and new guard players. Two guys that I want to kind of piece together because I think they're similar are Adrian Beltre and Michael Franco. Um, I think they're the next two guys in our rankings. So let's talk about Beltre first. Um, slight decline last year. He was battling through some injuries, but he had a real nice second half. Are you expecting that decline to continue or more of the second-half production once he became healthy. Kyle, you've been the Beltre owner in our league a couple times, so I guess we'll lead off with you there. Yeah, um, I don't know. I He's he's tough to gauge. I mean, he's getting up there in age, obviously. Um, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just don't know what to expect with him coming into spring this year, what it's going to look like. Um, you know, I've... I've trusted him for several years now, um, but he's a guy I'm actually looking to stay away from this year. Um, at some point, he's got to drop off and, and lose it. So, um, my prediction is it's this year. You know, last year it was my prediction that it was last year, and eventually, if I keep going at this rate, I'm going to be right. So, um, I just I don't see him. You know, with that top tier, obviously we don't have him ranked there. But again, in our league, I think just that name of Adrian Beltre gets people to pay, and um, I'm not too concerned with that this year. Here's the thing about Beltre. I mean, if you don't get one of the guys that we ranked ahead of him, I'm not sure you're going to be happy with who you get behind him. So I think I'm still in on Beltre. I mean, obviously the age is a concern. He's going to be turning 37 this year, and all the signs of decline have, are there. They're there, but he's still a guy that hits for a pretty high average. He's still a guy that plays just about every day. He's, he's out there a lot, and if I get the season that he had last year where he hits two eighty seven, he hits 18 homers and 83 RBIs, I feel like at the value that you're going to get him, I still think he's worth it. Um, I think you actually might be able to get him for a better value than you think this year after the decline that he had the past couple seasons as far as his standards are. Um <clears throat> He's no longer a 30 home run guy. We, we, we can bank on that. But if we can get anywhere close to 20 and the, and the high average that we're going to get from him, I still think Beltre's worth it. So 
I kind of agree with that. If you don't get, I, I agree with the fact that if you don't get Beltre, you're essentially punting the position because I think he's the end of the guys that you kind of feel good about. Um, but I just think the concern, like Kyle said with Beltre, is when is he going to fall off the cliff and do you want to be the guy holding him when he falls off the cliff and you fall off with him? Because I do think it's going to require um, an investment that you may be able to get guys with higher upside. Um, and I, I, that's just that's a very real concern, I believe, when it comes to Beltre. Let me just say that I, the value that I was talking about, I think that might come in, in your own drafts. I don't know if that's going to come in our draft. Um, I still think that there, there's going to be some guys reaching for Beltre in our draft. I mean, obviously our league's a little deeper, and there's only so many good players available. Yeah. But I, I feel like if you're in, in your random standard leagues, he's a guy that you might be able to get some good value on. He just reminds me of, you know, going back to second base, he reminds me of <clears throat> Pedroia and Kinsler where that production really leveled off and really fell down, but um, the name was still valuable enough that people were paying for it. And I, I, it's not a position that I agree with Kyle and that that's not where I want to be with Beltre, especially when there are some guys below him that I think you can get excited about. Not necessarily excited about, but they have more upside. And at that point, I think that's kind of what you're taking a shot on when you do wait this long to get a third baseman. So one of those guys with upside that I think may actually go before Beltre. Um, Mikel Franco has a great season last year as a rookie um, for the Phillies. Comes up. He only plays in 80 games. He did get a little banged up, I think, at the end of the season. But he hits 280, um, 14 homers, 45 runs scored, 50 RBIs. He was a guy that was, two years ago, a real high-end um, prospect. He had a pretty bad 2014 in the minors, and I think that kind of tempered some of the expectations on him, but the Phillies bring him up last year, and he does a nice job for them. Are we expecting Franco to take a jump into the Carpenter-Fraser-Seeger group, or um, is he kind of just maybe the best of the third tier? Yeah, Franco's a really interesting case for me, because um, I feel like it can go... One one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I feel like this could be a huge year for Franco, and he jumps up into second tier, possibly even first tier, or he drops down and he's not even in the third tier, and he's more of a fourth, fifth tier kind of guy this year. Um, I feel like it's going to be one or the other, and I'm just not really sure. Uh, I hedged my bets, putting him put him at eighth, eighth in my rankings, but I feel like it's going to be more like he's a top five or he's a below twelve kind of guy. So I'm not really sure on Franco. I'm, I really can't even make a guess on what it's going to be. Kyle, he's a guy that one of your one of your closer buddies in the league. Um, he's he was really interested in acquiring Franco last year. He was making some offers as he was really starting to play for um, twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. I think Franco was a guy he was really interested in. The Franco owner wasn't really actively looking to move him though, so I'm just curious to see if you feel like he is one of those building blocks that you can kind of build a keeper or dynasty league team around, or if he's more of like a mid-level guy? Yeah, um, I think, honestly, um, I don't think he's a guy to build a team around. Um, He's going to develop to be a very good third baseman, uh, fantasy-wise, but uh, I don't think he is going to get to that elite level that you're saying, you know, 
I want to build my team around this guy. Um, definitely a nice piece that I see on the rise this year. As Shane mentioned, I, I see him, um, you know, jumping into that second tier of guys and, you know, solidifying himself as a, as a good third base option. Uh, you know, obviously good ballpark, um, you know, and, and he has the power. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, getting the other pieces around him to get some of those other numbers up. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does this year. And, you know, if you have me picking between Beltre and, and Franco, I'm going Franco because, you know, I'm interested in guys on the rise versus guys declining. So uh, especially, obviously, in a, in a dynasty format. So give me Franco. That was one thing I actually wanted to add here. <clears throat> Would we be a little higher on Franco if he was in a good lineup? I mean, I feel like the lineup kind of hurts him a little bit. I mean, I know the ballpark's good, but I'm just concerned about opportunities that are going to be there in Philadelphia and just how bad I feel like we all think that team's going to be. Um, I feel like it kind of hurts his value a little bit. He's going to hit third in what's a pretty dismal lineup. Um, and really what he's going to be in a division with a lot of top arms. I mean, the Nationals still have a good rotation. I, I like what the Marlins have done with their rotation, adding um, Chen to Fernandez. And obviously we all know about the Mets and the guys that are, they're throwing out there. Um, and the Braves are kind of building their team around young pitching, which seems to be the trend in baseball. So I think that's a valid concern about Franco. Kyle, you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely concerned with that that lineup and uh, the arms he's going to be facing. But, um, you know, don't think he's a guy that strikes out a ton. So um, I see him figuring it out. Yeah, you have, one, on you have one of the better strikeout percentages, 15.5%, um, about half of how much Chris Bryant strikes out. Um, I, I I feel like he's never going to hit the home runs to get him into the, the top tier and even the second tier. I don't think he's got the power to compete, compete with Frazier and Seager and hopefully Carpenter. Um, but I agree that I would, I would rather have Franco than Beltre this year. So, I mean, I know he had a big home run year in 2013 in the minors, but that's one thing he definitely wasn't hasn't really been able to recreate. I don't know. Over a full, if he had 162 games, he would have had 28 homers. So, you know, I, I just don't know if that's who he necessarily is. I agree Citizens Bank helps him in that case. But, again, we talked about the pitchers that he's going to be facing on a regular basis. And, um Coming into that second year, I'm interested to see what kind of adjustments he makes. But definitely a guy that I agree we need to keep our eye on. And um, if he blows up, then, you know, the investment is definitely worth it. But you are taking some form of risk there when you go after Franco. Um, Next guy I have on the list here, Evan Longoria. Um, (laughs) Really a puzzling guy. You know, when when you think about Longoria... You think about the fact that you think about the injury history. Played 160 games last year, 21 homers only, 74 runs, 73 RBIs. The Tampa Bay offense wasn't super exciting last year, so I think maybe the runs and RBIs are a product of that. I like what Tampa Bay's done in the offseason to add some offensive pieces around him, so I think maybe those numbers go up a little bit. Um, but are we really. You know, Longoria used to be a no-doubt first-round pick in fantasy baseball. I think he's 30 years old now. 
what do you guys expect from Longoria? Is he is he kind of similar to Beltre, where people are still going to be paying for the name and the decline is real, or is there a chance that you know maybe he gets back to that Seeger and um, Carpenter and Fraser level? This was one of the things I could not believe when I did my research. What third baseman has played the most games in the majors the last three years? He's missed like he's missed like seven games in the last three seasons. He's missed four games in the last three seasons. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Which, when I think of Evan Longoria, I think of a guy that's not durable. I don't know why, but he is. He's the most durable player in, in pretty much in the majors, which is incredible to me. Um, I feel like here's a guy that had such a big name not too long ago. And I don't want to say that he didn't live up to it because he was a pretty good player for a while, um, centerpiece in that Tampa Bay offense. And the last couple of years haven't been bad, but they just haven't been great. Um, so I feel like he's a guy that's still a really good player. It's just I feel like we expect so much more out of him that we're not getting that is kind of leading us to believe that he's not that good anymore. I still think he's a really good player. He's only 30. It's not like he's that old. Um I still think it's going to be good things from Longoria this year. I don't think it's a great season, but I don't think it's a, a bad season by any means. Yeah, I, I'd probably, now that I'm looking at this just a little closer, I think I'd be more comfortable with Longoria than Beltre, which is, it, it's real. I think it's close. I think they're just two similar players to comp. Um, Kyle, I'm interested to hear what you have to think about Evan Longoria, though. Um. I've, I've never really been a guy that has been interested in Longoria. Um, I think based off of, um, you know, just the name, having to pay for that. Um, you know, in our league, uh, he's been owned for quite some time. And he's not re- his, his contract in our league isn't something I, I love too much. So I've just steered clear of him. Um, and so... You know, I think this year might be the year to get in on, on Longoria in, in other drafts. I think uh, the name has lost a little bit of its glimmer. And, um, you know, you, you can get good value for Longoria this year, in my opinion. So he's a guy I would target. Um, definitely would target his value over or over Beltre's. Uh, I, I think Beltre's still is hanging on just a little bit onto that name. A little bit on more so than, than Longoria. So. Yeah, I think I think one thing, and you know, we talk about this a little bit with catchers, I guess. Um, when, you, when you miss out on those top-tier guys, one thing I think you want to look for is someone that you know is going to be in the lineup every day hitting in the middle of the order on some team. And that that's Longoria. Um, obviously, you know, he's going to 160 games. You say he's missed four games the last three seasons. And he's going to hit in the middle of that raise order. I think there's value for that. And if you can get him in the, um, I don't know, 8th, ninth, 10th round, I think that that's, that's real value there. And it's something that I would be interested in um, now that some of these guys at the third base position have vaulted over him and he's not necessarily a top five third baseman anymore. Yeah, just to add one thing before we move on, I think the one thing that might be also, lowering our <clears throat> values of Evan Longoria is he has a huge price tag in our league. Yeah, uh, the twenty-seven dollar price tag you touched on it, Kyle, kind of just shies us away from him. Yeah, I mean, so in our league, obviously, I think that's the reason that we're not so high on him. But in in other leagues and in, in just a standard draft league, I mean, 
I don't see any reason that you can't get good good value for Evan Longoria this year. Yeah, especially if you get him as your corner infielder. Um, you know, if you do get one of the top guys and you're looking to get that corner infielder later on in the draft, he's a guy I would be interested in. Um, and I agree with you. You know, he, he, he had got extended in our league and had a bad contract for a long time now, but um, definitely a guy that I'm back in on now. Um, two Next two guys I want to talk about. Jung Ho Gong for Pittsburgh um, and Mike Moustakis for Kansas City. Um, two guys that come into last year, I think were, Gong was obviously an unknown. He ended up having a real nice season for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, Moustakis, I think everybody was just about done with. He had had the Longoria-type pedigree coming in, and it just never panned out for him. And then he goes and puts together his best season of his career last year. Um, he hits 284, 22 homers um, for the Royals. He's another guy that plays just about every day. So I'm interested to hear who you guys like better out of Gong and Moustakis. Man, this one's tight for me. Um, I don't think I'd be thrilled if I had either guy as my starting <clears throat> third baseman. But I think if I, if I got Gong and I could slot him in my middle infield shortstop spot, I, I definitely, I'm all in there. Um, I think I'm going to go Moustakis just because the lineup that he plays in I feel like is a little better and there's just so many more opportunities. I feel like we were, everyone was trying to figure out when Moustakis was going to break out and last year was it and I think it might stay around. That, that Royals lineup is pretty special to me. Um, I've talked about it before and I still think Moustakis has, has another good year coming this year, so... Moustakas, but it's pretty close. Kyle Gong or Moustakas for you? Yeah, give me Moose. Um, I, I like him a lot. Uh, you know, I think uh, if, we're, if we're talking strictly just for third base, I got to go Moustakas. Uh, I do really like Gong's eligibility at middle infield. Uh, so he, he's someone that I have interest in targeting in our league. Uh, he's someone that has that eligibility. Uh, you know, I, I think... For him, you know, 15, 20 homers isn't out of the question, uh, even with this shortened year that he's probably going to have from the injury. Uh, so, it, it just, for me, it, I wouldn't want either of them as my number one third baseman, uh, but you can slot him in that corner. Uh, I'd be a little bit more excited about Moustakas than I would about Gong, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think maybe Gong's upside is the season that Moustakas had last year, so... I agree that Moustakas is probably a guy to be um, more excited about. But I just I worry about Moustakas falling back. And the one thing that I think bothers me looking at Moustakas' numbers, 147 games, only 73 runs scored in what is, I think, one of the better offenses in the league. And I think he's just that's a product of him hitting sixth in that lineup, which is usually where he's kind of slotted in with them. And... You know, if he was maybe hitting fifth or second, I'd feel a lot better about him. But the RBI numbers are probably helped, but the run numbers aren't. Um, and I think Gong is a guy that will probably hit closer to the top of the order for the Pirates. But I agree. If you get Gong, you're probably looking to play Gong at either shortstop or middle infield. Um, so Moustakis is probably the better bet at third base. All right, um... Hector Oliveira for the Braves. He gets signed to the massive um, deal by the Dodgers. 
and they ship them to Atlanta. Um, what do we know, or what do we think we know, about Hector Oliveira and what he should be getting regular at bats for the Braves this year? Yeah, um, obviously Atlanta's season pretty highly. They traded uh, trade away Alex Wood and Jose Peraza to get him, so uh, two of their better young players. So obviously they're they're seeing something in Oliveira that they like. So I'm not sure that he's ever going to turn into the big time player that they're hoping. But I don't see a reason that he can't jump into a middle tier second baseman. Um, I don't I don't ever see him jumping into a top tier kind of player. But I think he could be a guy that falls into that six seven eight kind of kind of range for third baseman. Um, I don't know that it's this year. Um, I, I think it's going to take him a little time to figure it out, but I don't know. I just haven't seen enough out of the guy yet to, to make a full, full hard decision on it. So maybe Kyle can jump in on this one. Yeah, I mean, the sample size for me is small. Uh, and, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's tough to teach an old dog new tricks. He's 30. Um, I know that's not overly old, but uh, that's not someone that I want, you know, stepping into Major League Baseball here trying to, Know, get on the learning curve of what pitching like here is in America. So uh, I'm, he's not someone I'm targeting. I, I want to see another year before I make even my uh, my opinion strong on him. Uh, someone I'd take a flyer late in the draft, sure. Why not? Uh, you know, there's obviously like Shane mentioned, there's there's something the Braves see in him, uh, and those guys get paid to judge baseball. So. Uh, there's got to be something there. Kyle, is there a guy on this list that you're um, more excited about at this this stage of the third base game than Oliver? Um, I I personally like Jake Lamb. Um, if he if he gets the at bats, um, he's a guy that I drafted in our minor league draft last year. Uh, that I think has the the ability to get those power numbers up. Um, so, you know, if, if we see him getting the at-bats, I really like him. Uh, and I think he's someone a little more excited about than Olivero. Yeah, Lamb had some nice production before getting hurt last year. He's a guy that um, I'm, I'm probably interested in seeing what he can do. He's not necessarily a guy that I think I'd take a chance on in the draft, but I'm thinking in most leagues he'll be available on the wire and you kind of want to see what he's going to do in those first couple of weeks out the gate and then maybe maybe go out and get him if you're hurting at your third base spot. Um, Shane, who are some guys that you want to talk about now that we've kind of gotten through the top 12 or so? Yeah, I'm glad we stopped there because I felt like after about Moustakis we were, <clears throat> we were kind of at that point where we weren't going to reach our 15 like we tried to in the other positions. Um, just some guys I, I like to throw out here at the end that I'm interested in seeing this year. Um... Yasmani Tomas, he was a guy I spent big money on last year on the draft. I'm sure a lot of people did and, and reached for him as he came highly praised. Um, he didn't really do much last year. The power that we expected wasn't there. With the full year under his belt now, what, uh, what are we going to see from Tomas this year in Arizona? He's, he's a guy I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I talk a lot about, I think, players' defense hurting their ability to find their way on the field, and I think he's one of those standard cases. Um, 
you know, when when you paid for him last year, we were expecting power. You you were paying for home runs and doubles, and you got a lot of singles. <laughs> um, the average, I think, was better than we all thought. Um, but the the power production just wasn't there. He hits two seventy three last season, only nine homers in four hundred and twenty six plate appearances. That that's got to go up for me to be interested in Tomas. Um, he also had a three fifty four bat, um, which definitely helps that two seventy three average out. I just I don't know I don't know if he's ever going to be someone that we that we thought he was going to be. Kyle, where are you at on Tomas? Well, first, uh, you know, it was tough to follow him being on <clears throat> the bad team in our league. Sorry, Shane. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, no, really, I, I mean, I, I spent uh, a minor draft pick on Lamb, like I said, and uh, I did that because I really believed in him a little bit more than I did Tomas. Um, so, for me, it's, you know, that leash is short, having another guy that could, could get at bats. Um, for both of them, really, um, it's going to be whoever's hot that's going to see a little bit more uh, plate appearances. So uh, it, it's hard to, to judge here. Um, I don't know why. There's just something about <clears throat> land that I like more. Well, I think Tomas, he has third base eligibility, but I think he, he's probably going to play the outfield for them. So I don't know how much those two will be competing for at-bats. Uh, um, I don't know who else other than Pollock and Peralta, Arizona has in the outfield now. Maybe you guys, if there's anybody else that I'm, I'm missing. But I think Tomas right now is their right or left fielder, depending on wherever. I think Peralta will probably play right. So Tomas and left now that they traded in Ciarte. I think that opened up some at-bats for both Lamb and Tomas. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if he's going to get regular bats, he might be worth a flyer just to see. If that power is real, um, I'm just, I'm not, like I said, the nine homers and the 426 plate appearances doesn't get me really excited. I'm interested to hear um, what you guys think about Chase Headley. You know, we talk about left-handed sticks in Yankee Stadium. There's no third baseman competing for at-bats in um, in New York with him because A-Rod can't play third anymore and Headley's defense is above average, so... Um, is he a guy, you know, two, three years ago, he was an MVP candidate for the Padres. Um, is he a guy that maybe could turn it around like Teixeira did last year for the Yankees? I don't see, I don't see him putting up a year like Teixeira did last year, but I think he's certainly a guy that you could look at in a, in a quarter infield spot in your lineup. <clears throat> um, just for the things that you just said. I mean, being left-handed and, and batting in Yankee Stadium certainly helps his his value, and the fact that he's probably going to play every day. Just like you said, I mean, all those things add up to a guy that you can definitely target late in your draft, and especially in your corner infield spot. Kyle, any interest in Headley? Well, first let me apologize. I forgot Inciarte got moved, so my uh, statements about Lamb and Tomaz <laughs> are, are null and void, so I apologize to our listeners for that. Um <laughs> But with Headley, um, you know, he's a guy that has a little pop in his bat. So um, he's a guy I'm interested in for sure. Uh, getting to the to share numbers might be pushing it in my opinion. But, uh, I mean, I think he'll get his healthy dose of dingers. All right, just as, as we're winding down here, we'll make our answers real quick. 
Uh, I feel remiss to talk third base and, and not mention <coughs> David Wright. Uh. He's been a guy that has been not too far removed from being a top guy at the position. Um, have we seen the last of David Wright, or is there still some left there? Um, <laughs> I, I can't do it. I can't be excited about Wright. He's a guy that I wouldn't even, I don't even know if he's draftable in a mixed league right now. I got no interest in the man. All right. Uh, one guy I actually was, I, I drafted him last year. I was high on him. He moves <clears> to a better ballpark this year. I, we've talked a little bit about him off, off the, off the air here. Brett Lowry. What are we going to see from him? I'm out. <laughs> I'm seeing a little bit of bounce back here. Um, it's hard not to after last year. He's got to get better, right? Where's he going to play in Chicago? Second base? That's That would be my guess. I mean, if he's getting at bats, obviously it's going to be second, not third. Yeah. All right. A couple more. Alex Guerrero. Stuck at the Dodgers right now. He's on my team. Talks of him moving to an AL team. Interested? If he goes to an American League team, you have to be. Um, he's another guy. The defense just doesn't play, but if he goes to an American League team, the bat does. So getting him a third-base eligibility, he's a guy that I would look at corner infield spot if he goes to the American League. Yeah, I mean, if he gets moves moved, I mean, uh, he rakes. So I like the way he puts the bat on the ball. Defensively, not so sold on him, but All right. baseball, isn't it? We have a couple World Series MVPs here on the list that we didn't talk about at all. Pablo Sandoval and David Freese. Anything from either of these two guys this year? <clears throat> Pablo, I would take a flyer on. Um, Freese, not so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that same boat with you, Kaz. Uh, definitely not so interested in Freese. Sandoval for the right price, sure. All right, last one. We have a guy that hit 25 home runs last year that we didn't t- talk about at all today. Luis Valbuena. Uh, are we going to see that kind of power again this year from Valbuena? Or the opportunity's not going to be there? I don't think the opportunity's going to be there. Yeah, I think, I think he's uh, an injury away from having a year. All right, that's all I got for you guys. There's a guy I want to talk about, cause, and I shouldn't even bring him up because I'd like to get him in the draft at the price I think he's going to go for. But um, Danny Valencia for Oakland. Last year he hits 290, 345 OBP, 519 slugging, um, 105 games, 378 plate appearances, 18 homers, 59 runs, 66 RBIs. Um, the A's have made a little bit of an investment in him. He should be getting regular bats for them. Valencia is a guy that I kind of like. Um, you know, Oakland's another one of those franchises. Whenever they give a guy um, an opportunity that maybe he's been overlooked and he seems to kind of shine in that role, is he is he even a guy that you guys looked at at all or not so much? I'll be honest, I haven't looked at Valencia at all. I mean, he's, he's not really a guy that I'm targeting in my drafts this year. It's actually, uh, it's funny you mention him. He's someone that, when I was putting together my list and looking, that his numbers jumped out at me, what he did 
did last year. I did not realize he played as well as he did. Um, and I think I think you hit it when you say when the A's put that investment in somebody, they're they're worth looking at. So um, you know, definitely has that potential to surprise some people this year. Um, one more guy that I want to talk about real quick: Joey Gallo for Texas came up with a big splash in his debut. Didn't do too much after that. Um, is he a guy that we're kind of looking at? Maybe if Belcher goes down again, how excited would you be about Gallo? Uh, obviously, the power potential's there. <clears throat> um, showed huge spark last year when he first came up. And then he goes three or four weeks where he has a couple hits a week. Um, I just don't know if he's... The learning curve is there yet for Gallo. Uh, I'd, I'd lower my, my expectations for him still. Um, I'd look to him down the line. In the future, there's potential there, but I'm not sold on Gallo yet. Joey Gallo fans are not going to like what I'm about to say. Um, I see Mark Reynolds. Huh. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good comp for him. I mean... The power number, you know, Reynolds in his prime, the power numbers were good enough that he was probably fantasy relevant, but, um, yeah. Are you talking prime Mark Reynolds or right now Mark Reynolds? <laughs> prime, sorry. <laughs> I made that clear. I think, I think that's his ceiling is, is Mark Reynolds' prime. Okay. Yeah. I, if that's just Mark Reynolds in his prime, I mean, I think that there's some fantasy relevance there, but it's not... <laughs> It's not going to be this year, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I don't think... It, that's what I'm, I'm talking about with Gallo. I just don't think it's going to be this year. I think at some point we're going to see some fantasy relevance from him and certainly a guy you can you can slot in, but it, it's not going to be this year. Yeah, let, let me just say, I, I think that's once he gets the at-bats. But. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we got a couple minutes left, so I think we usually like to talk about a move that's been made. Um, Giovanni Gallardo to the Orioles. He had a really nice year last year in Texas. Um, where do you guys stand on Giovanni Gallardo moving to Baltimore in the AL East? Kyle, what do you think about Gallardo? Um, he's someone that in the past I've spent a lot of money on and gotten burned. Um, so I don't like him personally um, as a fantasy guy, but you know you can't deny what he did last year. I think uh, you know he's he's obviously going to help. The Orioles uh, this year, but fantasy wise, not so excited about him moving to the AL East. Yeah, I don't like the division he's moving to, but Gardner's been a pretty consistent guy for for a long time now. Um, so he's certainly a guy that you have to keep on your radar. Um, I think he's going to go for too much in our draft for me to be in on him. Obviously, I'm not the big pitch, pitching spender, as you guys know. Um, so I think I'll be out as far as our draft. But if that was in a standard league, I think uh, there could be some value to have for Gallardo. I don't know that the, the big trade move or the big move that just going to the Orioles is going to help his cause for staying under the radar, but I think he's a guy that could have stayed under the radar and you can get some value out of that maybe late in your draft if you're looking for starting pitching. Yeah, he kind of fits the mold of the guys that I usually go for, um, veteran pitchers who you know are going to take the ball more often than not, um, but he's not a guy I'm, I'm really interested in because I don't think like Kyle said, I don't think the, the division move helps his numbers from last year when he was kind of pitching in an offensive depressed um, AL West last year. So, anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up here? 
No, it's just a, exciting. We're we're about a little less than a month away from from our draft in our league, so things are starting to heat up. I mean, I'm sure people are out there starting their draft prep now. I know you did some mock drafts over the weekend, and everyone's starting to starting to heat up for for fantasy baseball season. So it's an exciting time. Yeah, I got one question for you guys. Um, if you're having a draft where everybody's getting together, and there's some bad weather that hits. <laughs> You got any suggestions for a guy that uh, is worried about that bad weather? Leave earlier. <laughs> Drive slower. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right, so find us on uh, Twitter at Red Triangle 23 um, We'll post the podcast here on the Twitter page a little bit. SoundCloud, iTunes, you know, leave us a rate and review. Let us know what you think. And if you enjoyed Kyle being on or not, if we should bring him back for another go. Um but yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll be doing shortstops next, and that might take about 15 minutes, because there's not many shortstops out there. So um, yeah, look forward to the shortstops podcast next, and then obviously we'll move forward with outfielders and then pitchers. So um, for Kyle Stramara and Shane Stein, I'm Matt Kozlowski signing off. Thanks for listening, guys.